Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Hello listeners, welcome to the July 26th broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Annette, a high priestess of the Whiteheart, and me, Ed Shanahan, who's kind of losing my mind tonight. Uh, hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. How are you? Losing your mind, I hear. <laughs> yeah, a little. Um, actually, the headphones are... Yeah, actually the headphones are working. That threw me for a loop. Uh, since the last two weeks, they haven't been working. Uh, so that's that's kind of neat. But for the listeners who are tuning in, listening tonight, um, I try to click on the start chat ses- session, and that's not coming up tonight. They're saying there's an error on the page, etc. And so let me just throw out this. If you do want to call in, the number is 646 Nine six five three. Our guest, who we will be getting to in a couple of minutes, is Lou, who does independent paranormal consulting as a paranormal freelance endeavor. We'll get a little bit more into that with her in a couple of minutes. She's also got a book coming out in December, and that. Um, so, how are you doing, Annette? I'm good. I'm good. Trying to enjoy it. Summer, we just cramming way too much into the days before school start again, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mommy gets a break for a few hours a day. I know, you know. I used to yeah. think my mom was so cruel when she said during the summer. You know what, though? Man, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> when they're used to having a schedule, it's so hard for them not to have one. You know, even though I yeah. keep them so busy, they can't see straight. It does, you know, it's different. So, <laughs> could you imagine being a teacher that receives all these kids on the first day of school, the first week, let's say, and these uh, kids are I used to running. I can't imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> these are used to running. You know, having mommy say okay and everything else, and now they got somebody sitting up there saying, "Don't you dare!" You know. So well, uh, sometimes I feel like the teacher might be a little nicer than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> they might get lucky with a nice lady. <laughs> Instead of me going, sit down, eat your food, oh, stop hitting your brother, you know. <laughs> uh, well, you know what, you only get how many months, four months, three months out of the year to spend that time with them, so that's kind of Oh, I know, and you know what, I, I can't complain. I, I love them to death. They're awesome. Well, like I've always told you, they got a real good mommy, so, uh, because I, you know, I know some of the stuff that you take them to do with them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you do provide a lot of time with them. So, um, yeah, tomorrow's a big county fair. Really? Cool. Oh, yeah, I got the big old county fair out here again this year. They got the rodeo, too? I like rodeos. 
You know, I don't know if it's a rodeo. That's a really good question. I'd I'd have to look it up. I didn't see that in the schedule of events. Okay. Before you were born, um, (laughs) my mother mother was taking me to the amphitheater where they would have the um, the Star Carrot Show and the rodeo and everything else. And that was pretty neat. That was pretty neat. So, I've um, been to a couple live rodeos. They're awesome. I, I yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, they are. They're really cool. Um, let me, before we get to our guests, let me get to, Ed's been very, very busy. Let me get to what's coming up. Uh, Tuesday night at 8 p.m., I will be on Royce Hollerman's uh, show, Paranormal Palace. That's at 8 p.m. Central. Just, t- just go to the Blog Talk Radio, type in Paranormal Palace. Um, basically, the show's being called the Unexplained World, according to Ed Shanahan. So I don't know where we're going with that, but it should be interesting. Um, Saturday night, this coming Saturday, August 1st, Capone's Haunted Location is up and run, will be up and running again. Um, Al Capone. Yes. He used to be a brothel back in the heyday. Um, very haunted. Um, I've been through three owners of the place, and... Um, I'm welcome back. And the cool thing about it is, you know, I had the name last name Shanahan. It's an Irish pub. It's going to be they expanded the place. It's really cool. And um, we we're going to be there Saturday night. Uh, figure on seven o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to come out, you have some. Uh, they got a great menu. I've seen it listed already. Um, and the one thing I got to say, which is really neat, is besides all the work they done they they've done to this place. They've actually created a kitchen um, <laughs> compared to what people used to call a kitchen. Um, what what I have to say is you have professional restaurant owners running it this time, okay, which is different. And that met, met the past owners in there, or one of them anyways. So yeah. it's a whole different, different ballgame. And yeah. uh, I'm very, very... Some people are proud. just good at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, this isn't their only Irish pub, so they know what they're doing. So, um, very neat. It's called the Stag's Head, and it's across from the Willowbrook, Willowbrook Ballroom um, in Willow Springs. And the Stag Heads means it, it's another name for a uh, moose head, I guess, okay, in Ireland. It's called the Stag's, Stag's Head, okay. And then. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, to keep it short, let me just say, go to hauntedhistoriclocations.com. You're going to see everything coming up. What we have coming up in October at the mansion, I'm getting, uh, we're going to be, during September and October, I'm going to be taking myself into doing seances um, at locations like the mansion, like the Humphrey House. Um, All I can say is, go there. Halloween night, I put it out for our people on the newsletter first. They're the ones that know about it. Listeners, you're hearing about it, but you won't be able to find the page right now. Sign up for the newsletter, Haunted Historic Locations. For the first time since the previous owner at the mansion in Joliet, Scott Mansion, since he's died, this will be the first time that we that they're allowing anything to happen on Halloween night there because the son, Steph, used to have a Halloween party every year. Once he passed away, they kind of closed the doors on Halloween. Well, we're going to be running a seance there. I got feelers and everything. Our next show, we'll have Charles, a historian from the mansion. He'll be on our show um, 
in August. Um, I'll give you the date at the end of the show. What do you say we get to Lou? How do you? I'd love to hear it, please. Unless you got anything you want to say, Ed. You want to add anything right now? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Doing pretty good without a script, I got to tell you. Okay. I got my hands full. <laughs> okay. Okay. When the kids go back to school, you might hear something. Yeah, okay. I'll come up with something then. I'll be, I'll be haunted then. <laughs> Let me bring on Lou. Hello, Lou. Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you. Hello, Lou. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm fine. How are you guys? I'm doing fine. Sorry for the little delay in getting you in, but I had to get through that a little bit, uh, a little bit of what I had here. Well, that's fine. I understand. I understand radio, especially internet radio. Okay. Um, Lou, what area are you out of? Uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay. Oh. Warm out there? Yeah, I was going to say the heat. Uh, well, not well, kind of, I guess. Probably one of the wettest um, summers we've had in since I can remember, anyway. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. You're listed as an independent paranormal. Cons- yeah. Who does independent paranormal consulting as a paranormal freelance endeavor? And you provide paranormal investigator services with emphasis in researching what? Well, it's a kind of a multifaceted research. Um, I do paranormal investigations um, with other groups um, when I'm doing an investigation because I don't believe in doing one by yourself. Um, but I usually go because I, I <laughs> it's a joke, you know, they invite me because they want my equipment. But anyway, um, <laughs> I do it because uh, actually what I really do research are really the paranormal investigators themselves and the whole psychology that goes beyond, you know, why we all do what we do, why we're fascinated by it, what our experiences are, you know, what it, what is an experience, can it ever be, you know, considered valid, you know, in the realm of science, all that kind of stuff, so. Okay, uh, physical, I can't, my, I'm tongue-tied tonight, I've had readings all day today. Um, you have an emphasis on what? Uh, researching us, is it psychological? Um, it's a, it's a, the, uh, more or less the belief systems, the the, the um, philosophical and psychological aspects of actually paranormal researchers themselves, or investigators, or those who are interested in the paranormal. Okay. So okay. You've... You're not investigating the ghost per se, more so the person who is experiencing the ghost. Well, currently yes, and I have done many investigations as well. So that's actually what sparked my interest as to the types of experiences people have while they're on investigation and to be able to, you know, um, make the whole picture, put the whole picture together because you're not only talking about the people investigating, but if you're investigating a client's house, homes, which are a very, very touchy subject, um, mm-hmm. you also have to deal with all the belief systems, the the, the psychology, the philosophy of the homeowner as well. So mm-hmm. you have that whole dynamic working. It's not just about the investigators at all. I'm happy to hear you, that. I got to say, I'm up, happy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> did you come up with this system um, because of some maybe uh, past education, uh, psychology type of thing, or this was very interesting to you and you thought, hey, this fits the puzzle? <laughs> That's a nice question. Actually, I've been interested my whole life, but I do have a degree in philosophy. I graduated Phi Beta Kappa from University of Connecticut, 
Um, they have a wonderful okay. philosophy program. Um, so it's always been a fascination of mine. And of course, you know, uh, philosophers, they love to take the black and white and make it gray for everybody. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do. And um, I was working my master's for human development as well. So, you know, so that psychosocial philosophical aspect has always been <laughs> a very amusing uh, place in my world. Okay. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Let me throw out a question to you, okay? Um, do you think there's too many people running, um, I don't want to say rabbit out there, but running... <laughs> That's good. Go ahead. Ed, we lost you. I guess we did, didn't we? Lou, I can still hear you. <laughs> I can hear you, but I don't hear him well, anymore. Okay, well, I, he'll try to probably get back on. It might be his headset. Um, yeah. I think Ed was going to try to probably say something about, you know, there are so many people who are kind of calling themselves paranormal investigators that, you know, it's it's this is kind of a this thing that you're doing is seems so important because it kind of just brings the the hacks to the forefront, so to speak. Don't you think? Right. Well, the the thing is, and this is primarily what my book is going to be about, is um, first of all, what do we consider a paranormal investigator? But I'm taking it from the angle as an instructional guide for homeowners who feel oh. that they have something happening in their home. Now, like I say, home is a real touchy subject because then you're talking, oh, tons of ethics regarding these things. I mean, you can you can really send somebody to the loony bin if you're not careful with what you do. Um, so it's from the aspect of trying to instruct homeowners what to look for in a paranormal group. You know, um, and also hold the homeowners accountable too for their behavior. That I mean, I've been to investigations where they yeah, come over. We have a ghost here. I said, okay, you know. So we all get our. It takes hours for us to get our equipment there to set it up. The whole 20 yards. You know, we spend our time, you know, our money, our gas money, food, all this, and we get set up. Mm-hmm. And come yeah. to find out, it ends up being more like a party. They invite their friends over, they're drinking and having beer, and they're just watching us, having the ghost hunters over for a party. So, you know, there's a lot of that, too. So, you know, both the the paranormal groups and the client, they have to be pretty upfront with themselves as to what they actually can handle. So, I'm back. Um, I don't know oh, if anybody goodness. knows I got cut off. We went ahead. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I uh, when I asked that question, you start giggling. Boom! <laughs> I had no more. Uh, I was gone. Uh, so I caught the latest part, latest the later part of the um, what you were saying, and uh, so I guess that base is based on my question about uh, people going in their helter skelter as far as the what I I firmly yeah. believe that there should be some background like you have with people going into these uh, houses and dealing with people. Um, well, there's so much to consider when you're doing clients' homes. Like I, I, was, I was saying, it, it, the ethics of it all is just phenomenal that, you know, these people do not realize when you walk into someone's home what you really are responsible for and what the homeowner is mm-hmm. responsible for, too. So, I myself, I stopped doing the houses. I did. Uh, I, yeah. I've done, I did, too. I told a wo- woman, I'm not an investigator, I'm a feeler in that, and I told mm-hmm. a woman the spirit in the basement is nothing to be 
you know, worried about. And uh, so it's a little girl. Well, she's got a teenage, she had a teenage, she's got a teenage daughter, and uh, I got a feeling the kid was playing games on mom because mom was, you know, believed more than what was going on there. And uh, I, I told the lady, I said, you know what, I'm not changing my story. Well, I'm going to call an investigation team, and I said, even if you do, I'm not changing my story, <laughs> you know, because right. this is what I'm picking up. And after that, I decided, you know what, a lot of people got something set in their head, and no matter what you say, unless it's what they want to hear. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the – I actually cover that almost in a whole chapter in the book. And it's also about how the client relationship pick a group that goes along with their belief system. You know, I'm not one to say that, you know, pure science is the only way. I'm not one to say that psychics are the only way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a homeowner who thinks something is happening in their house, they need to get someone who best fit what their psychology, what their religion, what their belief systems are because – if you get a highly scientific group in your home and yet you are, you know, of a shamanistic background and they're telling you, oh, um, you know, well, we don't know what it is, but there's a, you know, and they poo-poo all your beliefs. Never the twain shall meet and what a waste of time it is for both people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to look for an appropriate group. To And I'm going to, in the back of the book, I'm going to have all kinds of questions to be able, to, for the, actually the homeowners to interview groups before they come into their house, you know. So it, it's not just the first group you pull up and drag into your home. And Lou, that's such an important thing that you're, you're making, you're creating this book for the homeowner because I know we've spoken to so many different people on the show who, number one, they have fear. You know, when you think your house has got a spirit, obviously if you're seeking a paranormal investigation group, you have fear, you know. Absolutely. And and then, like you say, to have the wrong group show up at your door, a lot of people don't know where to turn for help or, you know, they just Google it. Okay, well, there's TAPS. I'll call them, you know, <laughs> whatever right. they just know right. off the top of their head. So it's so important. Do you think you'll be having some kind of a listing of paranormal groups oh, across America or something where people can kind of have a – I don't know, like a directory or something where people can go on a website well, or something? it's interesting. Um, there are a lot of um, other groups out there trying to formulate a directory like that on the Internet. Um, mm. And they're doing a fairly good job at it. Um, but then, I don't know, <laughs> I have to laugh because I sit back and watch the paranormal community and you know how they you bicker. You want to throw the fight. word out quick, don't you? Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> they, 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 they bicker and fight and and, you know, so some won't go on that person's side and some people mm-hmm. won't sign up with that one because they believe this. And, you know, they, they, they're treating all this more like religious beliefs instead of something that should be suspended until we, we know we know. You know, I mean, they have such hardcore beliefs over all of these things that it's unfortunate that, you know, some people can't suspend their belief for five minutes to listen to another person. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, not know that I'm basically uh, believing in unity of faith. I know, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. But the other, it's like somebody posted on our uh, Yahoo group for the Unexplained World. Um, all this stuff is going on in their house. And mm-hmm. somebody followed it up. I wasn't going to follow it up because it's like I'm not there to know what's going on, actually. Okay, I just could go by what you're saying. And the person was asking for a solution or, you know, what can it be? 
and somebody, you know, I moderate what goes on. And somebody came back with, oh, I think this is demon, whatever, da-da-da, okay? Kind of heavy stuff for somebody just asking a question. So I didn't, yeah, I kind of like, nah, that's not going up there. You don't need to put the fear of demons in somebody's when you're not even knowing what's going on, you know, personally what's going on there. Is that a right move? Well, you know, it is because, like, like we were saying, fear is such a powerful emotion. And when people are saying things out of fear, and, and if they have a certain belief system, and mm-hmm. things are happening in their house, and say the first group that runs in your house is, oh my God, you have a, a a vortex in your closet where demons are coming out, and there's a little girl trapped in there, and they're torturing her. I mean, I've heard groups tell homeowners this kind of stuff. How can you do that in good conscience? You know, really, you've been in the house for five minutes and you know this. You know, I mean, like I keep saying, there's there's ethics behind this. Uh, And even, you know, over the Internet, like you said, people will make snap judgments or snap diagnosis like Mm -hmm. a doctor. And a doctor will never make a diagnosis like that quickly. They want to see the patient, you know. So there are so many opinions out there, so many people who are so willing to just jump in there really quickly based upon their own personal beliefs instead of listening to what people are really saying. Do you think there should be some type of, um, uh, I don't want to say certification because how do you sort of, some type of uh, over... Well, I was asked about the directory too, like she maybe would know certain groups that were reputable and then, you know, list them for people. Mm-hmm. You think they should well, register? You think investigation teams should register with the state for the state at least knows what's going on. Well, like I say, at this point in time, it's almost impossible. The only thing I can recommend, especially for a homeowner, is that you have somebody that, that follows your belief systems and that you feel comfortable with in your house, because mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. Um, you know, the person, the homeowner themselves, may be a quack and they want a quack in their house, and they're going to get along fine. You know, it isn't about the reality anymore. It's about um, feeding each their, other. Exactly. It's their psychosocial support system. Yeah. It, it boils down to that. So this is why it's really important that homeowners stop and think about who it is that they want in their house. They want somebody essentially to agree with them, you know. Um, and some people will say, oh, I have this strange thing happening in my house. I really am not, I don't really believe in spirits, but there's a possibility, can you come look? Mm-hmm. So there you have a person who can swing both ways. Um, and if you find that it's, you know, the motor in the refrigerator is burning out that's making that sound, they're going to be happy with that. Yeah. Oh, good, you know, thank God. You know, and they replace it and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Or there's a, an oxygen machine next to an elderly person who is just, I mean, just saturating <clears throat> her head with with. with uh, electromagnetic field, which they do. Um, and she wonders why she sees a cat at the end of her bed, not to mention her medications. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it all those things as well. So, How do you how do you feel this is going to be accepted by the paranormal field of investigators slash themselves? Oh, oh, that's a really, really good question. Because mm-hmm. I'm, really getting, I'm getting some feedback already. Um, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of mixed reactions. Um, the, the, it seems like people are tending, they tended to kind of back off in a way. Um, they become overly polite to me, which kind of <laughs> makes me suspect. And it, it's like, you know, I'm I'm going to be out there like the tabloids ratting on groups. So I had to write a blog actually 
trying to state this is not about naming names or groups or you know mm-hmm. this is about you know talking about trends things to watch out for you know if you find yourself in that group and you choose to put that shoe on don't blame me you put it on you know so there's a, a a very big mixed reaction some people are really really for it and other people are like well you know we're not according to your belief system so you know it it, it doesn't have anything to do with that it has nothing yeah. to do with it whatsoever and that knows why, yes, because we've been doing this for three and a half years. <laughs> we've had many yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was asking why, how, you know, how you think it would go over with the paranormal. But you're right. You're not writing a book for the paranormal community. You're writing it for the homeowner. So. Um, Correct. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. that's that's my intended audience, and that's not to say that paranormal communities will not pick it up because they want to see what people are telling them they should pick. You know, mm-hmm. it becomes, you know, you know how we are. <laughs> I love the paranormal community, but, you know, it will eat its young sometimes. And you have, you have so, like I said, so many very um, passionate people. Yes, you do. Yep. Yeah, you do. Um, what's the title of your book going to be? I may have missed that part of it because I was <laughs> cut off. <laughs> it's called The Down and Dirty on Paranormal Investigators. Oh wow! You're really gonna go over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why everybody's kind of terrified. But why they should, a mixed I, reaction? I wonder. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the sweet thing is, in that she's not tied into any specific group. Right. So right. it's not it's not like she's saying our group is the ultimate whatever. Okay. Right. She's an independent, and that's scary. You know, because they can't point the finger at any specific group type of thing. Right, right. And believe me, I've had enough fingers pointed at me. I mean, that, that's just the nature of the beast. And that's mm-hmm. fine. I, I don't take anything to heart. I don't hold grudges. I don't do anything like that. It's just, it, I find it really, really amusing. Actually, it enhances my um, research in this community as to certain reactions to things, why they're doing what they're doing. You know, this particular belief system, well, they get a little offended by this, but, you know, and that none of that's going in my book. This is just pure research, and maybe some other day I'll write a whole other book on, you know, the communities themselves and the psychology and the philosophies of, of what's out there, but. Okay. Can we, uh, can I have a little fun and say, give us a uh, over blanket, I guess you could say, of what you see in the paranormal community? Is that fair? Um, that's a that's a very big blanket. Okay. <laughs> what do well, I break it down to what now? you're comfortable. Break it down to what you're comfortable with. Um, in, in what in what way do you, what way do you mean? Okay. Um. All right. There seems like there's a lot of what do you want to call it, investigator wars going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do you see that or do you feel that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. No. What do you think's behind it, it, that? Uh, like I say, it, it's, it's a matter of different belief systems. People believe adamantly certain things. Um, and, uh, again, it, it's, it's almost become like re- different religions. I mm-hmm. mean, belief is a very strong thing. I mean, it's as strong as fear is. And to shake somebody's belief system is to shake a foundation, a psychological foundation. You know, 
which they go into, you know, what the psychologists call the cognitive dissonance, and they have to fight through that. Most people don't want to spend the effort to do something like that. So they'd rather be comfortable in what they believe and then proselytize it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the way it is. Um, so, and that's the way the paranormal community is at this point as well. A lot of them are, not everybody. You do mm-hmm. have people that try to really suspend their judgment. And, and, of course, you know, we're human beings. Everybody has bias, but if you can just shut them up for a few minutes, your own bias, and listen, there's a reason why everyone does what they do, you know. Um, and, and, unfortunately, a lot of people say, it's well, there's a bad reason why they're doing what they're doing. Not necessarily. It may be a very good-intentioned reason why they believe what they believe, mm-hmm. you know. And you know what? At this point, their belief is probably just as valid as yours because yeah. we have no proof of anything. So, right. <laughs> right. you know, yeah. Do you do you do you find the community is a little um, once they're dead set on something, they're not that flexible? Some are. Some are. Okay. Some are. Because yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. Annette, we Annette and I had a scientist from NASA on back in April of uh, last year, two thousand and eight. Um, very, very, very good guess, wasn't it, Annette? Very eye-opening. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the individual was talking about orbs, okay? And I post, because NASA is investigating certain type of orbs. They think there might be something to it. Before the guess was even on, okay, I pushed, posted it. They was going to be on in there. You talk about getting, you know, uh, what does he know, da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, okay, you want to be looked at science. Science is, science is looking into this, and now you're putting science down. <laughs> I don't <Right>. get it. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, well, because there's exactly. probably a fear that science would prove or disprove something about orbs that people really believe in. They don't want to hear it, of course. Again, like I said, it, it shakes up, it makes that cognitive dissonance where they have to, they're forced to shift a whole paradigm of thinking, and that's just too hard for some people. It's just too hard, you know. Or and again, Lou, people just don't want people just don't want to be wrong. <laughs> that could be that too. <laughs> Lou, do you think that after a homeowner would pick up your book and read through it, do you think then they might be more apt to drop their belief system a little bit once it's kind of explained to them that that's what's going on? I don't know. I guess I don't need to say to drop it, but to be more relaxed about it. Um, all I'm trying to do is put a little bit of power in the homeowner's hand. That whatever they choose to do with that little bit of power, that's up to them. At this, because you're going to have in- intelligent people, you're going to have people who are frankly not so intelligent, not the sharpest knives in the drawer, who will read it as well. So, you know, it's just an, it, it's just a tool. Is is all it is is a tool to actually um, show people the potential of wh- who you're bringing into your home, what the whole psychology of these people are that you're bringing to the, your home, wh- and question your own motives, your own psychology. Um, that kind of a thing. Okay, good. Well, then that's there. Good. Good. Um, what what type of places have you been to? And let me ask you a question. What have have you witnessed anything that would make you uh, stand at attention more or less and go, wow? You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Well, I do. Um, I've been doing it for a while, but also, um, you know, I've always been interested in it for a lifetime. But actually, it, as long as I've been investigating. It's like that 1.1% is what keeps you going. I mean, I we had, at one point, we actually had on videotape, you know, an object that actually moved by itself. Now, okay. the group I was with is a very empirical group. 
extremely empirical. If you can't taste, touch, feel it, or see it, it doesn't exist kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So they're highly empirical. And that was the group that I was investigating with at the time. So they are not <laughs> going to be just believing the first thing. So, I mean, after that happened and we had it caught on video, they were down there with balloons checking air currents and all kinds of stuff. What could possibly <laughs> make this happen? I mean, they. so, you know, to see something move by itself, and to have a group that is just so, oh, no, it's impossible, you know, <laughs> and try to, you know, figure every way how this could have possibly happened in the realm of our natural physics. That was yeah. really probably one of my, my most delightful moments. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely. Do you think skeptics should be involved in investigation, diehard skeptics? Well, here we go. <laughs> it's a, the, the first thing is a, a a skeptic is a person, I mean, by definition, true definition, is a person that does suspend judgment. Mm-hmm. They suspend judgment until there is satisfactory proof for themselves, yay or nay, that something is or is not valid. Okay. Um, you, the, the, the horrible thing is is that skeptics have been labeled as really synonymous with unbelievers. Oh, right. They don't believe anything. They don't believe all this could happen. They're just out there to debunk everything. That's not a skeptic because actually you have, you know, your total, your people who believe everything that come across their plate, and then mm-hmm. you have the total unbeliever, which unfortunately gets a label of skeptic, which is not correct. Mm-hmm. They're the exact same kind of person, exact same. But just where would you where where would you classify the Amazing Randy then? Um, you know. He he's he's a skeptic. He really is a skeptic. He, but he needs a, a he needs empirical proof. That's mm-hmm. what he asked for. And I know he's been accused of you know making situations way too hard. You know for people who mm-hmm. I think he offered the million dollar prize to right, you know, right. prove the paranormal. Um, mm-hmm. He he's he's a tough one, and because he he's a magician, he knows very well how to deceive people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give you a little case in point, and I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but no, 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 no. Go ahead. This, this is a little important. Um, it, this is how easy it is. Um, I, I went to go pay my rent the other day to the people here at the apartment, and that they know what I do on the side, the paranormal investigations. And the, mm-hmm. the woman asked me, she says, "Well, do you believe in psychics?" And I said, "Well, I don't think it, believe is a, the right word, you know." Um, and she said, well, what do you think? And I said, okay, here. And I sat down in front of her, mm-hmm. and I was looking at her. I took her hand really gently, and I looked at her straight in the face, and I said, you have somebody that's very ill in your family, don't you? She, she mm-hmm. grabbed her head. How did you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, who doesn't? <laughs> you know, I mean, so, so that, I said, so, I said, that's what I'm going to leave you with. You can think about it. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. You know, so mm-hmm. it leaves the door open. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We got a call. Are you willing to take a call? Certainly. Okay. Let's see. Uh, caller from 832 area code. Hello. Hello, Edward. Yes. Who is this? Hello. This is Roy. This is Roy. Oh, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> how you doing tonight, Ed? I'm doing fine. Good, good. Sounds like you got a crowd behind you. 
Oh, no, no kind of cloud. I'm sitting inside the house. I just uh, thought it was plain to answer the phone that way. I apologize. Okay, okay. Uh, do you have a question for Lou, by any chance? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like her and you. I've kind of been around the web quite a bit, as you're well aware. And especially in Yahoo groups, you get to see people's biases in the paranormal community. And, well, they're pretty heavy in that particular field. And, you know, pretty much it's a given that almost everybody has a bias in almost, you know, everything. And I was wondering if she would share her biases as far as ghost hunting and orbs go. My bias regarding orbs? Well, yeah, because some people will swear, but damn, that the orbs ain't nothing but a dust ball. Other ones will swear they're consciousness, and other ones will swear they're spirits. And, you know, there's a whole range of stuff out there about them. Absolutely. And, you know, may I add an addendum? There's nothing wrong with having an bias as long as you recognize you have one. That's fine. And you're able to suspend it for a moment. Um, but the thing is, regarding orbs, um, I've heard many theories uh, that actually they have to be a certain way for a light be emanating, an emanating source. I mean, who's not to say that, you know, people have seen both things? I mean, people mistake the dust for the light emanating real thing. Um, it, it, that, ha that's, that hasn't been fleshed out yet at that point. Sure, there is a lot of dust, and, and you can create fake orbs at the wazoo. I've done it millions of times. Um, but it, as far as the, the real deal, um, you know, again, I, I do suspend judgment on that because I don't have enough information, and I don't think anybody else does either. Balls of energy uh, if you if you go to physicists, it's, it's totally capable because you have ball lightning and things like that. So why can't you have like a mini ball lightning in your house? But then it's, you're talking about energy. So what is energy? And well, what's electricity? I mean, the most brilliant mind doesn't even know what it is. So that's that's kind of where I kind of leave it. I just I, I just sit back and I watch these things and accumulate the information. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you. Robert. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's what we found uh, interesting about uh, when we had the scientists on back in April of last year. Um, that actually, you know, scientists looking into orbs or NASA. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. and do you know who has the largest collection of uh, orb photos? Who does? The Vatican, <laughs> believe it or not. Well, I, I believe it. I really yeah. think that. <laughs> they study a lot of things. They got yeah. a lot yeah. of crazy yeah. stuff you know the, away in gold. Yeah. <laughs> you know how those Jesuits are, you know? <laughs> uh, your book is coming out in December? That's the plan, yes. Okay, okay. And how long did it take you to put How How big of a book will it be? Um, I'm probably probably close to about 200 pages or so. Okay. Of course, Good. I have to have pictures because <laughs> mm -hmm. I have attention deficit disorder. So if I don't have a picture here and there, you know, and all those words, they all look the same after a while, and I get bored. So it will have pictures. Cool. Good. <laughs> are you are you um, are you independent for any team out in your area to maybe team up with or like that? to go on an investigation, or uh, what does it take to get you to go on an investigation? Anybody who asks. Okay, nice. So, I mean, they, they'll email me and they'll say, oh, because I know several, 
teams, and one of them, um, they were starting a team, and they just wanted a little help starting. So I'll help them start, but that doesn't mean I belong to the team. I'll help them start mm-hmm. something and mm-hmm. get them on the right track. I belong to a meetup group as well that um, is really working very hard at educating people as to paranormal investigation to start their own teams kind of a thing, not that, that it's a team, which I think yeah. is well worthwhile. So. so somebody's kind of holding their hand when they're getting started instead it, of yeah, jumping in there exactly. recklessly. Okay. And like I said, you know, most people invite me just because they want my equipment. So, they <laughs> 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 will bring your equipment, you know, come bring your quad splitters and all that kind of stuff. It's all right. Hey, while you're here, Lou, go ahead, go ahead, Annette. I was going to ask ask her if she could tell us uh, if she's got um, some kind of a website or something that she could list so people can get a hold of her. Uh, yes, it's called independentparanormal.com. Okay. And there's all kinds of entertaining material on it. I usually keep that pretty light and deferential. And I also, you know, and I put a little warning on the on the home page, you know, that uh, every single side is, is represented here. So take what you want or take what you need, you know. But, uh, you know, leave the rest. That's totally up to you. It's, it's, it's just all there. And you're open to taking articles too, right? I do, and I really okay. solicit articles from people because I want to hear what people have to say and that they have, they can share it through this venue. Of course, I have the next, Yeah, next couple of days I'm going to send you a couple. Is that okay? Uh, absolutely. I will. I, okay. I need, actually, I need to update it. It's due. I try to update it at least once a month, so, you know, get new stuff in there. Um, and, uh, you know, it has, you know, blogs and pictures and all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah, I, I did wander over there, and it was interesting. It was interesting. So uh, I wanted to ask you, because I haven't had a chance to contact you before uh, the show. Um, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to stick around for the next uh, 10 minutes or so while we bring on a gentleman named John Stevenson, and he tells about what he's got uh, hooked up at one of the uh, the uh, Senator Humphrey's house here in uh, the Chicagoland area? Certainly. It would be delightful. Okay, okay. Is that okay with you on that? Yeah, let's call it some research. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, let me uh, let me get him on here. Hello, John. Hi, Ed. Hi, Ned. Hi. Welcome back, John. No, oh, thank you. It's been so long. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lou, this is John. John, Lou is our guest tonight, and uh, the reason why we're bringing John in because he's um, he set up something at what they call Senator Humphrey's house in uh, Orland Park, and um, go ahead, John. Tell him what you set up. Um, Luke, I've got a, he, this guy's got equipment, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Good, yeah, yes. I, I get the same thing, too. I'm invited out because of all my toys. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I know. I got a DVR surveillance system set up there with, like, military-grade cameras because I actually sell the stuff. Oh, and, oh well, then we're going to have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but, you and I. Uh, you know what I'm finding, that is my two best cameras are not working right here. Really? It's really throwing me for a loop. I actually went there today and did some adjustments and opened up some shades because they work without any light, and they are just not working right. So I'm kind of lost at that one, yeah. You yeah, think, Waverly, uh, yeah, Mr. Humphrey ahead. doesn't like him. <laughs> uh, I told you that Mr. Humphrey has an attitude. Well, I had those uh, cameras at Waverly, pitch black, and I think you saw the video. It looks like you're in yeah. the daytime. Yeah. Humphrey's house is, isn't that dark, and both cameras are coming up black. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, but Don't my infrared, yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> my well, infrared gotta... cameras are working, but I try not to use IR cameras. These are night vision cameras that don't require IR, so you don't get the, uh, you know, orbs and crap floating around like that. 
Awesome. So you know you you you're for a loss for what's going on. Um, I'm gonna have to go there tomorrow and actually turn a light on or something to add more light, which I've never had to do with these cameras ever. Yeah. Well, did, hmm. can you just take them to a different location for 15 minutes and set them up and see if they work there? Yeah, I, I mean they seem to work everywhere, but here I'm just not sure. These work with one star in the sky lights them up like daytime. Mhm. And uh, this building isn't. I mean, I actually opened uh, two of the shades today because we had them closed yesterday. So there's light coming in from the street light, and, and you can see. I mean, it's dim, but I mean, it should be like daytime. These cameras magnify the the light just mind-boggling. Wow. So I'm not sure. I'm going to go there tomorrow again and play and see if I can figure out what's going on. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, um, and what? Last night he turned them on. Um, John told me, and within the first half hour. Uh, he believes he caught a shadow person up in the uh, room where they used. Mr. Humphrey Lou was um, a senator, and he ruled, ruled with an iron fist. This is like mm-hmm. the early um, 1900s, and um, unfortunately, it seemed like his children came under that uh, iron fist. And there's a uh, little playroom up there where the nanny, next to the nanny's room, where the, he could pick up the energy of the sadness. Okay, that's what I'm picking oh. up in there. And uh, a lot of people feel things when they go in that room. And uh, is that one of the rooms that the camera's not No, really the cameras that aren't working are both downstairs. Okay. Uh, oh, both. what? Yeah, the, the whole entire downstairs is basically black for some reason. The rooms where the, uh, they would hold, because back then they used to have the wakes right in the house. Yeah, right in the parlor yeah. where the wakes was, that camera is just all but dead. You can barely see, and then it's the other ones in the, the dining room area or whatever. You know, where she, where the first Mrs. Humphrey was found dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that one too, so. and that one's all but dark. I mean, there's outlines of stuff, but, I mean, you shouldn't have that with this kind of camera. Mm-hmm. So hmm. It's rather aggravating, actually, considering the kind of equipment that is. Yeah. Well, don't, yeah. well then maybe I don't want to talk to you about your equipment. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> no, these normally work amazingly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. These are these are way out of most people's price range. These are exactly that's what I mean. You pay that much money for something that doesn't work. I don't know about you. <laughs> I think it's Mr. Humphrey. He's got his top hat over my cameras or something. Um, but I have his top hat on camera actually. <laughs> and next Saturday we're gonna after we do the thing at Capone's. Um, I'm gonna go there because the way I get Mr. Humphrey to interact is kind of. Uh, I guess you could say a nice word is hassle him. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, the historical people seen it and everything else. You almost have to entice him to um, mm. show himself. Yeah. So, Actually, uh, Bob, the owner, saw Mr. Humphrey. He swore like three times okay. when we were upstairs talking. He kept seeing him out of the corner of his eye. He was actually getting nervous. I Like I said, I think it probably ticks him off that you're in there. Um, <laughs> And we'll see what kind of reaction we could get a week from uh, next Saturday night. So, um, yeah, that'll be very interesting. Um, and we'll eventually have videos and stuff of it on the air. So, um, I wanted to cite. So, John, I but there was a shadow you. person that was caught. Something that black. I mean, I actually physically saw this. I haven't found it on my tape yet. I actually was oh. watching it and I saw something move. Okay. But I've got, uh, my gosh, 16 hours of video on four cameras to go through. Yeah. That was just last night. <laughs> and that's when you seen it was in that little that room with the Yeah, it was in that room room. upstairs, right. And that was I was physically yeah. watching the camera when I saw it. 
Yeah. I was reviewing that, today, but just briefly. I mean, it takes forever to go through that much data. That's why you're the investigator and I'm that. Um, <laughs> don't have the patience. Um, did, did the lady that was with you, um, I, I don't remember her name. Did she ever go? I, me and Bob told her to go stand by that window upstairs. Did oh, she go that stand was by? Rachel. Okay. Uh, I believe she did. I don't know. I was preoccupied setting all this equipment okay. up. Okay. I was actually oblivious to everyone around me. <laughs> okay. All right, John. Thank you very much. Okay, and, no problem. Uh, posted. I'll be talking to you. Okay. okay. Nice meeting you. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye, John. Bye-bye. Okay, I wanted to get him on, Lou, because uh, of what he's doing there for uh, the Historical Society. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, your book's coming out December, and the name of your website again? IndependentParanormal.com. Okay. Annette, would you want to ask any more? You know, I guess the only thing, you know, and I kind of always ask this of anybody who's in the paranormal investigation biz, um, mm-hmm. you know, what is the end result? When you go on an investigation and you, oh, let's say you have some proof or you feel that there is a spirit present or whatever it is, what kind of advice do you give for people to send the spirit away, to deal with it, to, I mean, there are so many, you know, it's a mixed bag of what people do once they've acquired the knowledge that they're seeking, what to do about the spirit. Is there a rule of thumb psychologically that people can rely on? Anything with that? Well, the thing is, it depends where you're investigating. If you're doing like a, a, a public building and the security guards are afraid to go up on the fifth floor, um, or you're doing a home, with regard to homeowners, it really is up to them. What what is first of all? That's the whole thing. They have to get a group in that goes according to the same belief system that they have. This is a. I mean, how can you have you know a, a very staunch and um, conservative Catholic person and you're over there doing a smudging, you know, with sage? It, it, it's not. It, it isn't because belief is like a battery. That it's a very strong battery. So the more you buy into the belief system of the owner and work through that, whether it's nothing or anything, you're working through their belief system, that's what's going to resolve it. And it's up to them. Do they want to get rid of it? Do they want it to stay? Do they just want things to quiet down? Um, it's totally up to what they perceive it being. Is, is it evil to them? Is it pleasant to them? It's, you have to ask them, what is it that you want from us? You know, what are you looking for from us? What's the end result you want from us? You have to ask the homeowner that. And in the book, actually, uh, that's one of the questions a homeowner is going to interview the, the group with and say, this is the end result I want. Is this something that you, know, you think you can help me with? It really is a matter of communication because, okay. like I say, the belief systems are so varied. Sure. Okay. I might say in the house, send it to the light, and Ed might say, eh, let it stay as long as it's not going to hurt the dog or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's totally up to how comfortable people are who, you know, brought you in. I mean, we, we did an investigation at Children's Hospital here before they tore it down, and um, that was a really interesting place because it was half demolished and half not, so it was at that psychologically creepy stage anyway. Um, and the major, it was a police department that had, you know, requested, and it, because on the fourth floor they wouldn't go up there anymore because they were terrified. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. We went in there, and we said, and one of the officers said, well, if I ever see anything up there, I'm just going to unload some lead. And I said, oh, please, we're going to be up there tonight. Please don't unload any lead. You know? Oh, boy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, that was a fun one. But that, that was a pretty intense investigation. It lasted for 48 hours straight. And uh, we froze. But there was, we did have some interesting things that happened there. Huh. Is any of that on your website or anything like that? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I got a question for you, too. Mm-hmm. If a homeowner, let's say if I have somebody come out and my things have been going on or an incident happened and I three weeks later you come out or an investigation team comes out, if the investigation team doesn't find anything during the time they're there, mm-hmm. do you explain to the homeowner that you know it doesn't make them wrong in what they experienced or how would you explain exactly. that to and- you know, the old, old saying, it's such a, I don't know, <laughs> kind of cliche is ghosts don't don't perform on cue, you know. So it's a matter of them, too, and again, I, I kind of educate the homeowner in the book, that they themselves are also responsible for the investigation, too. So if they need to keep notes, what time of day, conditions, what they're noticing, um Everything, even their even their mood, their emotion, or the emotion of the people around them. You know, every single note, every time they perceive that something is going on, and this is the information they need to give to the investigators. So, you know, if this thing is happening, you know, every Tuesday at three o'clock, and the investigators come in on Friday, well, that's a moot point, right? So, the key thing is communication. There has to be. I, I just don't think people know the questions to ask of each other, the group and the homeowner. That communication has to happen, you know, to, to be very effective with what's going on at that point. Ed, did we lose you again? Yeah, he's oh, oh, he's quiet, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's the ghost in the machine tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just well, a it's been a pleasure, and I really think this book is going to be so helpful to, you know, the everyday person who has some kind of a, you know. A, oh, there you are. Oh, <laughs> I can hear you un- breathing. Un- <laughs> He's back. Unbelievable. I don't know. It seems Good. like when I throw out these questions. Hello. Do you hear me? Yes. Do you hear me? Or Yes, yes we hear uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't get it. So it's the second time I've been cut off tonight. Uh Okay. Lou, can you hear me? I can. Yes. Okay. Why don't we, with those five minutes remaining, why don't we thank you for being on? I don't know what this is happening. It seems like I bring up a certain subject and boom, I'm gone. Um, It was just kind of strange. Give your website again one more time. Independentparanormal.com. Okay. And uh, it was very interesting. Annette, if you want to keep on talking, I'm I'm just going to hold back because, uh, like I said, something's weird is going on on my end. So, um, well, let's say good night then. Okay, okay, yeah. Lou. Thank you very much. And when it gets closer to the when it gets closer to the book, why don't we try to get you back on? Okay. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Have a good evening. You too. Listen, good night. Listeners, thank you, Annette. Thank you, and I'll call you in a couple of minutes. Um, and good listeners, night, see you in two weeks.
Thank you. Thank Bye-bye.